You guys, it's been so long. I love yeah. you all so much. I love to see your faces, and I hey. love to hear your voices, and I love to talk to you. I love you, man. And, you know, love is just such a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's Don't great. we all just love love? And, you know, on the last episode, Niall talked about the idea of what's the worst Best Picture winner. And at first he had the idea of all of us creating the perfect worst Best Picture winner. And since we're talking about rom-coms this week, I thought it would be fun for three white dudes who haven't seen that many rom-coms hmm. to create the perfect rom-com based off of our vast and infinite knowledge that we have of rom-coms. What I do you guys it. say? Should we do it? Yeah. I love it. I okay. Think, I think we're more than qualified. Yeah. I agree. Le- I, I think uh, we'll we'll just go around and like maybe Niall will choose the director. Uh, Jared could choose like the, the main female star and I can choose the main male star and we'll just go around. Maybe the writer, maybe the producer, maybe the studio, stuff like that. And then we'll start to formulate a general plot idea and even come up with a title at the end of it all based off of the silly shenanigans that we get up to based off this, you know, cool and good idea that I just had based on Niall's idea from last week. Love it. Excellent. Okay. So, Jared, who, who's going to be the female, the main lead, the, the, the love interest or the main character? Yeah, it's going to be Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. That's and a good Is pick. this uh, current age Reese Witherspoon? Are we throwing it back to like 90s and that's when it was made? Or is this a modern nope, story of a today. slightly? Today? All right, cool. Yep. <laughs> so we got Reese Witherspoon and we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast Paul Rudd as the main actor. I love Paul okay. Rudd. And Don't I think let Paul anyone Rudd, tell you otherwise. <laughs> I think Paul Rudd and Reese Witherspoon in a rom-com, where they're a little bit older, you know, they're in their 40s, 50s, that could be pretty interesting. You know, there's not a lot of those types of rom-coms. Could be good. Niall, who's directing this movie? Um, I had to look up a list of romantic comedy directors <laughs> just to make sure that I wasn't missing someone great. And man, this website has so many pop-ups. I can see <laughs> one <laughs> tiny window of the page. You're trying to see just popping up like crazy. Um, but yeah. I think the na- the it just says Steven who, Spielberg, who I'm gonna go with, <laughs> maybe not a huge name, but directed an excellent movie and knows how to direct Reese Witherspoon very well. Robert oh. Luketic, who directed of Legally course. Blonde. Of course. <laughs> yeah, Let's the, just those... bring him back. That that vibe of Legally Blonde is just perfect, and oh, yeah, that's so what funny. I'm going for with this one. I really, I actually really like those Legally Blonde movies. Legally a lot, Blonde so is so good. It's fun. It's a really fun movie, and also the sequel I thought was fun and good too. Never saw. Um, so Jared, let's. What, what's the first initial plot element of this movie? Where where are we going with this? Paul yeah. Rudd slash Reese Witherspoon. We are in the big city, the Big Apple, New York. New York. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon is far into her career. She's very successful, but she's alone. Uh, right, we find her getting ready for work, taking care of her cat. You know, the cat kind of bobbing its head like this. Sure. And, um, yeah, she's she's realizing something's missing in her life. Maybe she's on the phone with her best girlfriend, and she's like, girl, you got to get back out there. It's been so long. And uh, that's kind of where we start with her. And what is her career? Her, she's, let's take, she's a lawyer. She's a very <laughs> successful corporate lawyer. Okay. I, I was going to, lawyer is a great idea. But if we want to diverge just a little bit more from from legally blonde, uh, from legally blonde, what if she was a textiles manufacturer corporate uh, leader? Wouldn't that be pretty interesting for a rom com protagonist? Textiles to have that job? manufacturer. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, sounds she's like very she's like interesting. The, she's the CFO of a textiles corporation. <sighs> they like they uh, they manufacture boxes and plastics, cardboard. I think that might be interesting because maybe she's so bored with her life, but okay. she makes so much money in the Big Apple, the big city, New York City. Here's what the I'm thinking. never sleeps. Corporate lawyer, okay? <laughs> Connecting this, to what Jared said with the, with the corporate, corporate lawyer, but say she doesn't like the jobs that she keeps getting because she keeps getting hooked up with super boring cases. Oh, like there you go. Yeah. with the textiles company that Paul Rudd's character works for. Mm. Yep. That's something great. All like the men that, right? she works with are very, you know, misogynistic and very 
traditional in that corporate lawyer fashion. But Paul Rudd, he's he's different. He's a little bit. He's different. Yeah. He has so a bit, a bit but, more of a feminine side. But is he as the opposing, Paul Rudd does? Is he the opposing counsel? So are we going to make it like a I, a lawyer v lawyer slash lawyer love story? Or I story? was going to say something like that, but I almost like what if she's representing him, and that's part of the conflict of interest. Interesting is that first of all, he's a dumb guy who's been maybe convicted of like or, or accused of say embezzlement or something Child like labor. that Child and she is defending him she realizes oh he didn't do this but despite the the pro- supposed evidence that's stacked against him so he's kind of this bumbling idiot but good guy at heart and he didn't do this and she has to defend him while also making it seem like she's not in love with him because that would be a conflict of interest. But she's the only lawyer who can actually get him through it. Solve the case. Yeah, because she is also a fashion designer and she <laughs> understands the textiles industry. Interesting. Front she to so back. her her, she's so successful as a lawyer, but her true passion, her true drive is, her, is that she is wants to fashion design, Etsy be a fashion shop. designer. Interesting. <laughs> Which she's just barely started. Well, no, she's had it for years, but she just doesn't put as much time and care and energy into it as she would like to. And so as a result of that, it's never really taken off. But Paul Rudd is the type of guy who's trying to encourage her to get back into it. He's like, yeah, so what if you're successful? Money doesn't mean everything. You should follow your dream. And she's like, you right. know what? That's right. But also, I have to defend you. And so, I don't know. This sounds like a pretty freaking great rom-com to me. I think we have it almost figured out. So well, almost every rom-com has a shaky point. A right shaky point, yeah, of course. It's, of course. You know, right before the big ending, it all starts going south. Yep. Is there is there something that shakes this relationship something, up? Something. What if Paul Rudd Ooh. did do it? He is at fault. And she trusted him. And so she figures out that he did it, yeah. and she's like, oh, New now I'm defending him. But then it turns out that the evidence was fake, and it was fraudulent from the person who are accusing the textiles manufacturer. And then she realizes she can trust him, and she can love him, because he was an honest, nice guy all along. I like it. That's I also feel like rom-coms like this kind of need a villain. Yeah. Let's say... Prosecuting attorney, yeah, yeah, opposing counsel yeah. is Paul Rudd's recent ex-girlfriend. Ooh. And so she's has a personal vendetta. There's against some personal Paul Rudd as vendetta well, and that's why well. she tries to. You know what the title of this movie could be? Boxed in. Why? Why? Because textiles boxes. Remember how we're bringing it back? See, I was gonna say she doesn't. I was like gonna say flourish. like maybe the law of love. Or something like that. <laughs> well, here, here's the poster, right? The poster is her in a box, and Paul Rudd is, and she's kind of like unhappy, and Paul Rudd is like standing outside of it with his arms crossed like this, and he's like, "I could help you out if you let me." Listen, man. No, boxed in's not the one. How about how about contempt of court? What about what about boxed out of love? A case of love. <laughs> A case of love, yeah. I, a case of love. Um, yeah, that's, what was the first one you said? Love, the law of love. The law of love. But I, I kind of like, like contempt of court. <laughs> I like the contempt of court. I like. What about sleepless in New York City? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's <a> lawyer <laughs> in Manhattan. <laughs> what about you've got you've got emails. You've, you've got you've emails, got emails about that can this embezzlement will be used case. against you in a court of law. <laughs> um, and it's written. I, I think it should be written by Reese Witherspoon too. I think she wrote *Legally Blonde*. Did she? I maybe. Maybe she did *Story*. No, I thought Tina. F- didn't Tina Fey? No, that was *Mean Girls*. Mean Girls, mm, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Maybe she didn't write it. Tina Fey would be a great choice, too. Yeah, let's have Tina Fey write it. All right, Tina <laughs> yeah, Fey, sure. sorry. Let's get her in Sorry, here. Reese. We still want you for the actress, but... Uh, but she produced. She's an executive producer. Yeah, she'll it. be... Yep, <laughs> she'll executive produce it along with Tina Fey, who is yeah. also the writer. So, yeah, I think we've got it. Boxed in... The, um, the it's film. based on a novel. Legally Blonde is in it. And the screenplay was uh, written by Karen McCullough Lutz and Kirsten Smith. Oh yeah. Duh. So and the book was written by Amanda Brown. 
So yeah, written by That's Reese Witherspoon. But, so Reese Witherspoon's <laughs> gonna write this one with Tina Fey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe I got confused because she was talking about working on the third one and being involved in the story with that. Maybe, but she that be. also could be complete dog water. Yeah. Anyway, um, not me. Not me either. I think we've crafted the perfect film, and I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, what's the title again? Contempt for Love. Contempt for Love in Manhattan. Case closed. Boxed in, boxed out of love. Boxed in, boxed out of love. The law of love. The law with of Paul, love. The movie with, with, with Paul Rudd. With Paul Rudd. <laughs> you know what the theme song of that movie could be? Or the no, not the theme song, but the love. Uh, like the you know how there's always the romantic light motif that keeps returning over and over during the film. You know what it could be in this movie. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that romantic love music, but now we're going to talk about some more some more romantic love and some more even romantic comedies. And that's true. I we I, we talked about this a little bit last time, but I've been kind of watching more romantic comedies recently, and so I thought it might be a little bit of fun to talk to my fellow brothers, my fellow male uh, co-stars of Man Game Movie Night about romantic. Let's talk, let's talk to the boys about rom coms. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun and. I think that rom-coms are great. I have been thoroughly enjoying watching more and more rom-coms. Today I watched Bridesmaids, which I thought was very good. I thought it was very nice. funny. Never it doesn't get one. much very more good. rom-com than that. And it's awesome. And so what do you guys like about rom-coms? What do you guys... Why do you? Why did you want to do this episode just as much as I did about rom- romantic comics? <laughs> yeah, we were begging you, man. We were begging. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Yep. Um, to be fair, this know, is not the first time this topic has been suggested as well. And the first time it was not by me. So I thought that maybe we'd even done this before. I thought maybe in we my, did one. In my in brain, like I a, thought we did. Like for in a my brain, I thought we did. Thing. Yeah, uh, but now, I don't think so. But now we're doing it as an... Now we're doing it as a whole thing. As, <laughs> as it's entire We're doing it, but the July European thing. version. Yeah, we're doing it the oh, European version. Oh, we're doing version, it just a little bit different. <laughs> it's in July now, which makes it more hey, topical. It's Valentine's Day somewhere. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so crack open your... Your whatever... Your Chardonnay and your Rosé. Yeah, Chardonnay, was, I think, was what I was looking for. <laughs> but, <laughs> crack open a nice can of bubbly Chardonnay. Yum, yum, yum. Crack and open then, a... Uh, a, a can of wine. <laughs> One can of wine. Um, <laughs> a box yeah. of wine. Okay, for some reason, I was thinking we did romantic comedies for a second there, too, and I was like, are we just repeating an episode topic? But we haven't. We haven't ever done it. I just are went you, through all the episodes. Are you certain? I are you am sure, are certain. You sure? You guys can look it up as well. And while you are looking it up, yeah, let I'm me just say... Rom. Yeah, I don't see romantic comedies. Interesting. Com- I just Maybe I it's like because I remember th- bringing it up. I love. feel like I remember you bringing up it as well, but we just had never done it. But we just never did it? Interesting. And so right, now here well, we are. It's good that well, we had this conversation on the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I think it's, isn't it, I, I have people message me all the time. It's like, hey, I love when you guys like talk about just the random logistical elements of it. It's very interesting to hear that side of a podcast, you know? Which I think is true. Every podcast I listen Luke to. Luke is out like, here sending messages to himself to say that he's getting <laughs> messages all the time about that. He's like, yeah, I got D- a DM from my alt account. Uh, <laughs> man, I got a DM from Lucas Coford on the from Man Game Humpback Movie Night. Squirrel Studios. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Productions. <laughs> Productions. And... Anyway. Anyway, I think I unless you guys have any real precursing like discussion, I have a question that I could ask you. I would I love to hear question. question. Oh, unless well, Jared has I'll more say stuff my general say. thoughts real yeah, quick on thoughts. why I watch romantic comedies, and that is I don't really. <laughs> for the most part, it's kind of like, and this is going to sound weird. It's like horror movies for me, where I will watch them if people are telling me they're really, really good. And, yeah. like, it's a classic. You need to just have seen it, that kind of thing, right? Other than that, I'm not seeking out a good horror. I'm not seeking out a good rom-com. But when presented with one, you know, I typically enjoy it. And yeah. they feel good and they're fun. 
and you know there's something about that bachelorette reality tv style uh you know will they won't they what's gonna happen at the end and you're rooting for them and uh yeah i think a good rom-com is is sometimes one that either uh you know, subverts the expectations and the traditional uh, kind of formula of romantic comedies. And some are good because they nail it. They nail those conventions. Yeah. So those are my thoughts on rom-coms. I agree. Um, I like rom-coms because I like both rom and com. I'm interested in both of those topics. And so... That's it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, for I, for I those that are good. listening and not watching, my co-hosts are not paying attention to me. <laughs> I was paying attention. I just get distracted by your little your little video that you have playing I also, in the background. It's just for a those, bobbing his head. Yeah. It's extremely I, distracting. But for, I also love it. For those listening I, and not watching, there is a quite distracting video <laughs> on the TV screen behind me. It's a man playing bongos with his cat that I assume he's in love with, which is why. Well, that's not his there. cat. Yeah, but what? it could be in this video, in this <laughs> Whose scenario. Whose cat is it? <laughs> someone's. Just someone else's cat just came up and started dancing to this guy playing bongos? <laughs> yeah, he came up. That There's no compositing. There's no, <laughs> no it's green just a screen. Cool, but a cool cat hanging out. I, I like rom-coms. I, I like... Uh, I don't know. I think that I personally just... I like the ideal nature of a lot of rom-coms of just like, Oh yeah, that's how like it's going to work out because that's how it should work out. And I love that, which is also why the movies that break that I really love just because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, if they can do the, like do a rom-com with that kind of lack of, this is the ideal situation and, and have it even like maybe go bad, but still kind of give you that same connection to the characters of like, hoping that things go well, you know, that's like, I don't know. I think that love is an important thing to most people. And so in a movie, in a movie where you, the goal is to make you connect with the characters. If the movie is about love and they do a good enough job at connecting you to the character, then the stakes for the movie become really high. And so that's, I think that's why I like these movies just because they're, like nobody's trying to save the world in generally in these movies, and yet it still feels really important and really high stakes when done well. Um, I th- and I love that feeling, you know. I do too. I yeah. think there's an argument to be made that Transformers is a rom com. Absolutely, Transformers one at least. So yeah. the, in that case, there are really high stakes, and the world is it is in danger. <laughs> Yeah. So I think I think for Nile that that would be one that I would imagine is one of your favorite rom coms. Transformers totally. one from two thousand five. Godzilla twenty fourteen um, as well. Or twenty sixteen, twenty fourteen. There there's a, a man com- and a woman com- that are in love. Yeah, but it's yeah. that at least with Transformers one, Shia LaBeouf, you know there's some comedic elements around him around. Oh his yeah, and there's there's some rom and there's some com. There's there's exactly. mostly just rom and demolition in Godzilla 2014 yeah. but I don't yeah know. I was gonna say there's not a lot of com- comedic stuff even though Brian Cranston is in it he's got some funny stuff you know honestly now that you bring that up I'm not a big fan of roms just, just romantic just straight movies. romantic yeah I agree like I, agree. I never even thought of that as a category as a of genre movie. yeah but it totally is of like just romance I feel like yeah. that's a lot of like more Jane Austen type stuff like Pride and Prejudice and so that is something that I agree that I am not as big of a fan of. Also, partially because I haven't like watched hardly any, because yeah. there's I feel like just not as much of it. And when it does come around, I'm just more like, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, not really. I, like Bridgerton, I wanna, for example, that is a yeah. show that I cannot imagine myself really ever watching. I want to intercept that real quick, though, Lucas, just to clarify. That Jane Austen type stuff, I just, I really love it. I well, love that, yeah. Pride and Prejudice. I love that stuff. And I would also make a case that there's a lot more common there than you think. Um, but it's it's definitely a different thing. And there are those other movies, like, you know that movie with with that guy and that girl? and the, With that guy. 
<laughs> the, the the premise of the movie is it's called Me Without You, and like he's in a wheelchair, and is she's like taking care of him or something. Yeah, With it's a, Amelia Clark. Oh that no, one? it's Me Before You. Me Before That's You. What That's called. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah Me yeah. Without You is a band that I like. Okay, I, I was like Me up. Without You. Yeah, no, yeah, Me Before You, and that movie I haven't seen it, of course, but it just looks like such a slog of just like okay romance and and that's it it looks exhausting romance but there's a little bit of a twist the guy's in a wheelchair the so guy's in that, a wheelchair that's the plot that's you can't love him of... you can't so love him it's uh i don't know i haven't seen it i've heard a lot of people rave about it but yeah, it's just great. it seems like the kind of movie that i would just hate you know and and so i'm with jared on that um, that yeah, you need a little bit of at least a little calm in the rom, or else it's or, just exhausting. Or just another another genre to kind of balance it out. Make yeah, it like 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 rom horror. Rom horror, yeah. Uh, man, what even is an example of a rom horror? It follows. It follows. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty good example. It's not. A, it's definitely more horror than. It's rom, more horror than a little rom, bit of, Yeah, there's a little bit of that rom in there. Um, Santa horror with Krampus. Santa horror with Krampus and with Violent Night. Which yeah, is really which horror, was bad. But like more of a violence. <laughs> yeah, it, I thought it was fun, but like yeah, yeah there was, was plenty of that. It was, it was um, a waste. I thought, but that's okay. With the Austin stuff, I just haven't watched Pride and Prejudice or a lot of those. I've heard they're great. Like they're very highly reviewed by universally everyone, pretty much everyone. So I would yeah. like to watch more of that stuff, but I just haven't. The thing with rom-coms is it's like, it's kind of like a nice, you know, kind of like Jared was saying, it's a nice environment that it creates. It's like, wow, yeah, cool. This is very like comforting. And part of that comes from the fact that you pretty much know that they're going to end up together at the end of it. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's it, goes down, it goes down smooth too, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it like, does. okay, it's I can just, just very, watch this and feel good about it. You yep, know, very easy, palatable watch for sure. Yeah. So with that, my question for you all is what makes a rom-com good? Like, why do you think people even like watching rom-coms in the first place? And then what are what's, like, one or two good examples of rom-coms that you just, like, really liked and a couple that you really did not like, and that's the reason you don't watch as many? Yeah, I'll go now before I can't go. Um, yeah. Because of my internet, not because of you guys. You guys are doing great. <laughs> um, You're doing great, too, Jared. We love you. So I think... What makes a good rom-com? This, unlike any other genre, is about the characters, right? You have to care about yeah. the characters. Yeah, they yeah. have oh, to have, sure. you know, great chemistry, and you have like you have to want them to end up together in the end, right? I I'm trying to think of examples of bad rom-coms or like just movies where they don't have great chemistry. And it's just like I it don't just feel like, forced, and it's yeah, like, it why feels is... forced. It feels stale. Um, I'm not. I think one I'm... example that for Nile, I don't know, I don't remember what your opinion was, but Perks of Being a Wallflower, I think, could be defined as a rom com. Yeah, and sure. for some people, that just like the teenage angst is a little bit too much. And right. I do agree that like a high school rom com is not at all the type of rom com I'm talking about. For the most part, it's not the one that right. I'm seeking out. I'm not like, oh man, High School Musical. My favorite rom-com, <laughs> where, sure. where technically sure. there are romantic comedy elements in it. It's clearly, obviously, a musical is in the title, but the, there's more um, elements that kind of take away from that, where it's like, okay, yeah. this Like, for example, that I think you should leave sketch with the, the TC Tuggers. That's kind of like making yeah. fun of that high school drama. Kind of like the type of thing that Outer First Banks season is. of Riverdale yeah, exactly. Where like, it's just yeah. these guys are kind of in love and they just want to bang and like, ooh, wow, will they, won't they? But it's it, it's not interesting because the characters right. are just like young and angsty and that's not really that interesting versus one that I just watched that I really like, 500 Days of Summer, where they're fully fledged adults, actual characters. They have great on-screen chemistry, but also there's some tension too. And so I think that um, is gotcha. a credit to their performances as well. And New Girl, yeah. I think, again, with Zoe Deschanel, is a kind of a rom-com show, almost, and it does a really good job of maintaining that kind of genre feeling for a lot of that show as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I guess as far as good examples, ones that just created really good characters, have great chemistry, um, like 
uh, we were just talking about it before is when Harry met Sally. I think oh, both nice. of those characters so are good. very likable, very like real and, and defined. They have their quirks, but they're not super quirky. You know, they just feel like real people. Um, and you want them to be together. You want them to be able to work it out, right? You want them to get over their own flaws and be able to, you know, end up together at the end. Uh, and it's really well done, right? And then not only that, but they take that convention of the rom-com and kind of make it uh, a little bit more of like an art piece, right? Mm, they have yeah. interviews with other couples, like older couples and yeah, they're scripted and actors. I'm, I, assuming. Yeah, it's like the interstellar <laughs> thing where they yeah. like the older people documentary stuff. Yeah, and so it's just like, oh, that's cute, right. and I see where they're going with this, uh, and it just kind of keeps it fresh. Um, so, I mean, I love that's like prob, probs my fave rom com. Um, I think my other fave because I guess we're we're talking about that is crazy stupid love i've said that on the podcast before of course yeah but that's a great one i i do love that one a very unique way to tell the story very funny very likable real characters right um who you want them all to be happy except for kevin bacon (laughs) (laughs) i don't want kevin bacon in the real world to be happy (laughs) i I think i think what (laughs) makes that one so good as well is it's like the subversion of expectations type thing where it's like yeah steve carell is kind of the main guy who uh, we're following but also there's Mm -hmm. the subplot of ryan gosling and emma stone and that works really well too um probably had a lot to do with them getting cast in la la land together as well because they do have great on-screen chemistry that one's not as much of a rom-com, but there are certainly elements of romantic comedy. Again, more of a musical. But right. that one subverts expectations fully in that the guy and the girl, spoiler for La La Land, they don't get together. <laughs> and that, you know, is sad, and a lot of people hate that decision with La La Land because, like Jared was saying, they really do get connected to these characters, and they want them to be together. But at the end of the movie, at the end of the day, they just figure out what was best for us was to follow our dreams independently, and then they both ended up happy, but just not happy because they were together. And right. that's also a great way of kind of looking at it, and you know, a great uh, love story movie that I uh, kind of associate with this idea, this genre as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I sorted on Letterbox like by movies, like romantic comedies that I've seen, and one of them that it has there is Nathan for You Finding Francis, which. Oh, man. I think is kind of a oh funny gosh. perspective on like that kind of could be a little bit of a rom-com between oh, Nathan totally. Fielder and the guy who plays Bill Gates, whose name I don't remember, but Bill, Bill. Oh, Bill's his real name, huh? Yeah, yeah I, I, about that. I can't remember his last name though. Bill uh, William Heath. Heath. Yeah, Heath. Heath. Yeah. Yep. That's a great one too. <laughs> He's awesome. Okay, I um, first of all. Before I answer this question, just real quick, February 23rd, 2021, we did an episode called Chick Flicks. Uh, I think that's what we were that's thinking That's why of. we're like, what is... Somewhat similar. There's some difference in the, in the genres, yeah, though, but that's I, what we did. Okay, that, that is... That's... that's totally correct so it was a valentine's day thing it was yeah. a valentine's day thing and but it was <sighs> it was a separate thing i feel so much better i do now too that yeah, I found and i'm that. like oh, i just feel so i feel so, so relieved relief. because i i had it in my head that we did it and i could not think of what it was so. well and chick <laughs> would include those like nicholas sparks kind of just yeah. romantic just the roms yeah, but we're not talking about that. No, we're talking about movies with Billy Crystal. We're talking about movies oh, yeah. with, uh, with Paul Rudd, Ryan Gosling. You know, Reese Witherspoon. The, com- the comedic actors of our generation or your generation, Dad. But um. <laughs> so I will. I I kind of already answered the question a little bit. What what makes people like these? But I just think that it's it's very high personal stakes that truly just about everybody can relate to like at least 
if not having been in love, then wanting to be in love, you know, and, and that kind of like, that, yeah. yeah, and and just seeing that and kind of being able to put yourself in that situation a little bit, and it's it's something that I feel like most of the time is really easy to connect with, and I think that's why they generally have such. I I think there's appeal uh, for a lot of people. There's also a lot of people that are like, no, I'm not gonna watch a rom com. But they, I feel like rom-coms are generally the kind of movie where if it's on and you're watching it, no matter who you are, you're going to get like a little bit sucked in and yeah, involved. You're gonna get and it's it. just, yeah. it's because it's easy to follow and it's easy to relate to. So I think that, I think it's just kind of that, that vibe there. There's, it's never super complicated in terms of story to follow. Maybe the relationships are complicated, but like you can just kind of pick up in the middle, go over to a friend's house and they're halfway through a rom-com. And by the end of the scene that was on when you walked in, you're like, yeah, but oh, I, I got to find out what's going on. <laughs> like I, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's well, the like, classic, like boyfriend walks in on girlfriend watching the thing and, and the boyfriend doesn't sit down, yeah. but he stands there for the rest of the movie, just like watching it. <laughs> He's like, like yeah, no, I'm not, committed. I'm not watching, yeah. but, but, yeah. I, but I'm wait, who's this guy? <laughs> or honestly, the bachelor, like, that, oh, yeah. sure. kind of, which I low key want to put the bachelor into the rom-com category. Oh, totally. I feel like yeah. it's romantic it's, and it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I love watching the bachelor. I think it's so much fun. That's almost more of a spectator sport though, where you need to get people together and you need to make commentary. Cause if people are just like actually just like watching, just watching it quietly it. <laughs> or like if the group that I'm watching it watches an episode without me, I'm not going to watch the one that I missed alone to keep like, You're not gonna <laughs> that's, catch that up sounds on it. miserable. But I, I do love that kind of romantic type stuff. And even with the Bachelor season that I'm totally making fun of, by the end of it, I'm kind of like a little bit invested. And I care <laughs> yes, about dude. these people. Yeah. And like, you know, so I just, I get, I get really excited about the rom-com type stuff. I want to shout out one. So we already talked about 500 Days of Summer being great. Um so I won't I won't touch on that one as as much, but that's a great one of kind of breaking out of the typical rom com mold and kind of being existing somewhere outside of it while still having that super relatable element. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> the one that I want to bring up: Have you guys seen What If with Daniel Radcliffe and Adam Driver? No, and but I can't that's the remember good soup one, right? That's what that's that's from. Yeah, that's the the nachos. Yeah. Oh, the nachos one. That's what yeah. It is. Yeah. So Good Soup, Where? I think, might also be from that movie, it but I'm, I can't remember. The but, Nachos um, book, for those of you who don't know, is it's just Adam Driver sitting at a diner oh, yeah. table, and he's like, I just had sex, and I'm about to have nachos! Right? That's yeah, the quote. That's the quote. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty and awesome. So, um, I actually <laughs> added that movie to my watch list solely because of that scene, because of how it's funny good. It is. It's good. I, I, and I like Daniel Clip too. Yeah, I watched it with some friends. Um kind of just expecting like, all right, here's another one of these, you know, like uh -huh. whatever, this'll be fine. And I really, really liked it. And it was really kind of like artistically done. It, it felt like it almost felt like when they were making it, they were like, we know that probably a n not a ton of people are going to see this. It isn't the highest budget thing. So we're not going to dump everything into making this like, have the widest appeal and, and be for everybody. They were like, yeah, we're going to make it a little bit artistic and a little bit kind of goofier and weirder. And, and it just, it plays great. It's a very, very fun movie. Very cute. I need to watch it again because I've only seen it once and I've kind of forgotten a lot of actually the general plot, but I do remember watching it and just loving it the whole time. And it was one of the ones that I liked it so much that this was in my big, letterboxed drought where I wasn't doing any reviews uh -huh. and I was like, well, I'll get on and log that. Like <laughs> that was, that was good. And I, I kind of want other people to know about it. And so yeah. I, I hopped on. So it's, it's a fun one. Um, bad ones. I can't think of like any real rom-coms that are bad in my, like at least right now, but I did go through a big phase phrase. I went through a big phase with my friends of watching, um, Hallmark and like Mar Vista um, 
oh, movies, oh, those kind of romantic comedies. Rom-com. We watched Hype. we watched so many of them. Why? And it's really exciting because it's they're just no. poorly made movies. <laughs> no. They're just what? They're, are those they're, rom-coms? They're poorly made. Poorly made. I mean, yeah. They are they are certainly rom-coms. In. They try so hard to be funny. And they're not, but they try really hard to be. Um, and But it's always like they try hard to be funny in a way that because the joke doesn't land, you're just like, oh, are these people like maybe some of the worst people in the whole world? Like they're, <laughs> it's they're, like they're just being mean. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But it's interesting. I think in watching a lot of those, I really found a lot of what makes a movie good, uh, what makes a rom-com good at least, <laughs> which is... Writing a movie about characters being in love is not enough to actually make you care about the characters. Yeah. Love as a concept is something that's extremely relatable, but just love as a concept isn't like, okay, now that this is in the movie, you're going to enjoy it because you still need to care about the characters and everything. And these movies are made by studios who are making sometimes multiple movies that year for the same holiday, oh, just cranking them out, dude. They make and dozens a year. Like it's yeah. crazy. And, and so if, if they're coming out every year, that means maximum they have, I would say 11 and a half months to conceive the movie, write it, film it, edit it and put it out. That That is exactly the type of movie I predict will be replaced by AI writers where they're yeah. just oh, like, yeah, these writers, time. we don't even care about them anyway. It already feels like they're written by AI. So those guys are going to be yeah. out of their jobs. They should be like, because they, this they are generic. Yeah. They're like, you come up with a basic premise and then put it in a chat GPT, write a 90 minute screenplay about it. And that's it. That's your whole job. Here's $20. Yeah. And that'll be, <laughs> that'll be the Harmock movie. Writers. But, but by, by making movies where, Love is not the story, it's the situation. Mm, yeah, that's a great way. To but it. the story is what is going on with the characters and their development through all of that. That is what makes a good rom-com, I think. And so if you just want to see a bunch of inverse examples that I actually think are very useful in learning what makes something good... Uh, Check out any Hallmark and like those <laughs> Mar Vista type uh, yeah, what? type holiday rom coms. They are so b- and they make them for everything. There was like a St. Patrick's Day one that we watched. There, <laughs> like it's you crazy. There's so just one for these? every holiday. We watched so many. We watched at least like ten to fifteen of them. Oh, now I God. usually don't. I mean, I think there's many activities as long as you're having a good time. You know, good for you. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the activities I truly think is a waste of time. <laughs> no. Is watching Hallmark <laughs> well, movies. Well, it's not like we sat down and that was the only thing going on. We were like, it was like while we were doing homework, we would toss one on and we would okay. and get See, make that's fun fine. of it. So We'd then, yeah, you're not just homework. watching a Hallmark No, it wasn't like, all right, everybody come over. We're going to watch We're going to watch 12 har- no. Hallmark movies. What, what I think no, is funny in that, that scenario. I is, do agree. Just watching yeah. a Hallmark movie. And having that be the activity, big waste of time. Yeah. Well, I pictured it just Niall inviting his one other male friend over, and it's just like, hey, Hey, let's uh, watch this whole movie. And then they just sit down on that couch behind us. Do you want to come over to my house and watch Cornucopia of Love? It's a Thanksgiving (laughs) themed romantic comedy (laughs) by Mar Vista, where the woman works at a photography business, but she needs to go home and take pictures of her hometown. And the man that she loved is now running a horse business, but another man who just moved in is rebuilding the local bar or something. (laughs) And now she has to decide between them. (laughs) It's just like, this is, Mm. it's exactly that. You cut out the occupations and just change them for different occupations. Every single one is the same. Change the holiday. Yep. Um, I thought you were reading something, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I no, thought man. you were fully reading I was going a off. synopsis. I, just, I have enough specific memories of these movies that it's I can just composite a false Hallmark movie into a real thing pretty quick now. It's, a, it's, my, it's my useless superpower. It's your party trick. Yeah. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I think the reason I've been watching more recently is because it's like because you're really I, lonely. Because I'm really <laughs> Cause lonely, and I'm just sad. like friggin' give me some some fake love via these pixel internet screens. Uh, yeah. No, because I think I like we've kind of talked about this. It's just not a genre that we really dive into as often. And so something it's it's almost like binge watching a show where it's like you get into this mindset of okay this is the show I'm watching where this is kind of the genre yeah. I've been watching more of and so it's kind of like that same comforting like okay cool let now let's find another rom com to watch which has been kind of fun and um, Palm Springs is an example of one that I really love oh I I've watched heard great it, things about it um, when it came out a few years ago and I liked it all right and then I just recently rewatched it and I was into it way more. Andy Samberg is just, I, I've always loved him, and yeah. I just would love him to be in more stuff. He's great yeah. in that. He, he really does a great job. It's interesting, some of the ones that Letterboxd, because it's just, I just sorted it by ones that are romantic and comedy genre tags, and Swiss Army mm. Man is up there as well, which, That's you know, pretty romantic. kind of is as well. I, I think it fits, yeah. <laughs> totally fits. Romantic. And that was a, that was a great I one, too. I love that movie. Um, <clears throat> I yeah. also, while you're talking about Palm Springs, better shout out the OG Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. That's a great Which one. is an That's excellent like really, romantic really comedy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I think it's fun, too, kind of like we were talking about the subversion of expectations, where this one has like a – the subversion isn't as much that they don't get together. It's that there's something weird with the plot, which I think is really fun yeah. when yeah. Rob comes to the, that pl- as well. That's the, the, the story be, isn't uh, the love. Love is involved in it. That's yeah. a situation that's happening. But the story is this whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Groundhog Day, I don't know. I'm, I can imagine there were movies that did it before Groundhog Day did it, but has almost created a subgenre of movie entirely, which is just... Yeah, time loop movies. Time loop movies, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I I can imagine there were some before, but I think that was the one that really made it like popular. Yeah. Because when I think of like in a, a Palm Springs or like a live, die, repeat, it's like, oh yeah, it does the Groundhog Day thing where you repeat the same day over yeah. and over. It's the, it's the weirdest remake ever live die repeat edge of tomorrow being a technique like honestly they almost even treated it like a remake where like they named the female character the same name as as, groundhog day as groundhog day yeah interesting it's the same character and like not the same character but the same name and it it's not a remake as much as them just being like yeah, obviously we uh, were yeah. inspired by Groundhog Day. It's not like we're coming in here being like, we had this cool original sci-fi idea. Uh-huh. They were basically like, well, Groundhog Day, I think I even read a review, or not a review, an interview, where one of the writers was like, well, Groundhog Day is really cool, and it is one theoretical explanation of what's going on away from being a sci-fi movie. Uh-huh. But they just don't yeah. have that explanation, and so it's not a sci-fi movie. So yep. they were basically like, why don't we just take this and turn it all the way to the opposite end of the scale and make it the sci-fi yeah, movie, you know, like sci-fi, sci-fi action movie. And I really like that movie a lot. I think it's great. It's sick. I, I, I like really it cool. so much. I Yeah. Um, another one that I just watched is Punk Drunk Love, which is an Adam Sandler one. Uh, but Paul Thomas Anderson, so it's one of the few like genuinely just great Adam Sandler movies. He did a great job in it. It's got Paul like Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam Sandler is in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> he is in one Paul Thomas. Anderson. That is weird to think. Funny about. Uh, or just fun fact I learned about him as well is he is married to Maya Rudolph. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I did no, know. About I, no that. I did not know that. Yeah, he was just like I think they met. I think he did an SNL something or other while she was on. And they started dating after that. And he was just like, yeah, she's just the funny, funniest person I've ever met. And so we fell in love and then we got I married. I feel like, it's like Paul Thomas nice. Anderson is one of those people of such status that even Maya Rudolph, who is a big name, was probably like, can you believe I'm going out with Paul Thomas Anderson? <laughs> like, that's a high status name. It's pretty to cool. To be, like, dating. That just seems insane to me. He, um... I, I actually really like Paul Thomas Anderson as well, just as a person, because his movies that he makes, you could imagine he is like the most, you could imagine he would be like the most pretentious person alive, but all the interviews I've heard of him, he's just like a chill guy who just likes making movies. And That's cool. They just happen to be like the more kind of, not not even necessarily pretentious, because Punch Drunk Love isn't at all. It's just like well, this some of weird, them, yeah, the master is the master, very pretentious. Like Phantom Thread. Very good. Yeah, it's and so they're good, but just hearing him in interviews, like, for example, this is a f- true fact. He 
was interviewing while he was making Licorice Pizza, I think, which was his most recent movie. And he was like, yeah, you know, my kids and I go see movies as much as we can. We just saw Venom, too. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, so he, he's not a guy. He's just like, you know, That's an average nuts. cinema enjoyer. <laughs> Maybe so he was over-exaggerating how much he liked it. <laughs> he's no sort of Scorsese where he's like kind of rags on other, or Tarantino. He's just like, you know, a chill guy. And yeah, yeah. his stuff that all of his interviews I've heard with him is, are really fun. Um, one, so, sorry to go back, backtrack a little bit, but with Niall, and you guys just both were talking about this a little bit, but with walking into a rom-com, you kind of get sucked into it. That did happen with Ian. He was watching uh, my roommate, Ian Themerton. Shout out, Ian Themerton. Shout uh, out, Ian Themerton. Shout out, Pickle Paddle. Sponsor shout out, the Pickle every Paddle. Every episode, yep. henceforth. And he was watching 10 Things I Hate About You, Nice. And I sat one. down and watched like the last fifteen minutes of it with him, and I was like, "Huh, this is good." And then I went on my own a few weeks, like a couple weeks later, and watched the whole thing and rewatched yeah. the ending. And I was like, "Oh, this makes a lot more sense now that I know yeah. everything that happened before it." <laughs> and <laughs> sure. I, uh, I really like that one as well. So, yeah, that's kind of my question. Some, oh, I, I, I guess I didn't say some stinkers. There were a couple that I was looking at where I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I agree." I don't even know if you can technically classify this as a rom-com, but I think this is what he was going for. But with Tommy Wiseau, The Room, I think that he's trying to Hopefully make a rom-com. Yeah, was I... calm. I thought it was just rom. No, there's there's comedic elements, but kind of unintentionally. I think it is unintentional. But well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's. I don't uh, know if you can count it as a rom-com I don't for know being accidentally a... funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'll say that that one is it's a bad movie a lot of people love it just for what it is it's entertaining yeah. to watch but it's it's horribly made it's, right. he just didn't know what he was doing there's a whole lot you know, they made a movie about why that movie is silly and bad another that was one quite good The, the Room Disaster Artist The Disaster Artist is great yeah I really like that movie about why it's bad but um, another one that just frustrates me so there's not a ton of examples of pseudo rom-coms winning best picture but the two that I can think of off the top of my Shakespeare head. Shakespeare in Love. Exactly. Yep. Shakespeare <laughs> in Love was the first one I was going to mention. Yeah, which I, don't I think like isn't. That movie. I think it's fine. Like, there are plenty. I think it's way too long and way too pretentious. It's better on stage, I found out. I believe it. By seeing I, it on stage and thinking, this is good. And I wasn't expecting it to be because the movie is dumb. <laughs> the movie <laughs> like, is dumb. And it aggravates me to no end that it beats Saving Private Ryan for his best picture. But what aggravates that? me even more <laughs> is Annie Hall. Which I think is a fine movie. It's got its moments, but it beats Star Wars. Star Wars one, yeah. right? This was Star <laughs> Wars when it didn't have any whatever bias or whatever you have against yeah, Star no Wars. No strings now. attached. Imagine it was just one movie, that first Star Wars movie, and it was the most culturally impactful movie of all time. And Annie Hall beat it. A movie that no one has watched since then and only film guys care about. I think yeah. that it's a perfectly fine movie. I don't. Th I actually think it's pretty funny in parts, but I do not think that it is better than Star Wars One. And that's yeah. not even just me saying that as a guy who loves Star Wars and basically makes his entire personality somewhat based on Star Wars. It's just the fact that it's just not as good of a movie. Yeah. So I wish there were more instances or examples of great rom coms like actually winning or being recognized for Best Picture. But unfortunately, the only times really that I can think of are just ones that I did not like that much. So. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, I want to note one more thing. I know that we've basically just ridden on this one question the whole time. But I feel like it's, <laughs> it's kind of brought up some interesting yeah, stuff, so it, I'm okay with it. brought up good conversation, I think. I, um, a while ago, I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the podcast. I'm not even sure if I've talked about it with you guys very much because <laughs> um, I kind of dropped off on it. But I asked my dad to send me a list of some of his favorite old movies. Mm, nice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do remember you saying that. Expecting him to send me 10 15 movies, something like that. Dude sent me, I haven't counted them, but he sent me in chronological order from 1940 to like 1980, a list of probably about a hundred movies, maybe more. Well, um, that is crazy. In chronological yeah. order, especially that's not easy to do. Yeah. He just went through, he got me, he got me so many movies and I just started watching them from the beginning. And there was one, that was called It Happened One Night that is kind of like a, a famous-ish movie, you know? It's no yeah, Casablanca, but it's... Um, is that I, Humphrey Bogart? In, yeah, I believe so. I 
Uh, no, I'll Frank Capra. Find... It's got Clark Gable. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's Frank right. Frank Capra, who um, also directed. Uh, no, he didn't. He directed It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. That's what it is. There there we go. Yep. We're, the web's all coming together. But um, I, in watching all of these old movies, but especially that one, is like I really kind of just realized, like, no, these movies, like, comedy really hasn't, like, changed that much. Like, at its, at its very core... What's funny is still funny, you know? Mm-hmm. And there were so many moments in this movie where I was just like, no, that's hilarious. Like, that's great. I think that's super funny. There And by the end of the movie, the relationship of this man and this woman who had met in this one night on a bus really mattered to me. And I, like, I really cared about, you know, what their relationship had become and everything. And I think that, like, rom-coms, we kind of get wrapped up in, you know, the nineties and on, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Meg, the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks yep, type, type rom-coms, yeah. which are great, but rom-coms are as old as film, you mm-hmm. know? And so there's some, there's some great stuff, you know, reaching backward. And I'm, I'm excited to keep going on the list. I've definitely fallen apart on it, but I want to, I want to pick that back up and start watching it because after just watching a couple of those, I was like, no, this is, there's some real solid, solid stuff in here that's so, uh, a quick shout out for old movies right there yeah sir that movie won best picture as well actually so okay pretty cool about that movie um <laughs> also winning best picture another one that i can't believe i forgot is a movie called the apartment which is probably my favorite rom-com which was made in 1960 it's like again sometimes we think oh yeah whatever old movie and it is it's got like a kind of suggestive sensual plot and story but he could, he does a really good job of you know for the times you you weren't going to be explicit right and so he right. does a great job of making it about that without actually saying or showing anything and it is hilarious it's like situationally it's about this guy who lets his bosses use his apartment to have affairs because he wants to advance at the company and he falls in love with one of the ladies that his boss is having an affair with and cool. it's so good. Mm. It really is. It's hilarious. It's the exact example of just sucking you in immediately where it's like, oh, man, this is like because I remember watching it with my parents like, you know, years ago and thinking, oh, whatever, some old movie my parents like. Old and then I was immediately movie. like, hey, wow, this is actually, you know, really good. I really love this. And I've since rewatched it. And that one also did win Best Picture. I guess the nice. um, ones that I could remember off the top of my head were ones that I did not love as much because... I mean, I had a list pulled up in front of me, and those ones were both very present. But The Apartment is one that I love, highly recommend it if you've not seen it. It's just a great comedy in general. So if you're just looking for a good comedy movie, The Apartment would be high up there in terms of recommendation. Yeah, if we're just talking about some of our favorites, I'll throw one one last one in. Let's hear Uh, Shrek 2. Um, Dude, unironically great. Yeah, Really, really (laughs) great. It's, I mean, it's very romantic, and it's really funny. And it's got a great villain. It's a good villain. Good. Yeah, it's got straight up the Aisha and Adam Warlock uh, type vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Very good. So Robert. yeah, if you're yeah. just looking Pretty for charming. something like a, you know, a, a love that everyone hopes is lasting, really pushed to the limit, um, and then they, kind of spoilers, I guess for Shrek too, uh, they do come out on top. Right, and love yeah. triumphs in the end. So, and that, it's just a good message. Oh, and I like man. that one quite a bit. I was also really not great. I was worried not for a best a picture winner. Not a best picture winner, which was. But snubbed. Snubbed just for snubbed. sure. Should have been. Snubbed. Yeah. Definitely should have been. Snubbed. Um, um, yeah. We've talked more. for a long time. Sorry, I have I've one got... more that I want to shout out just oh, real quick. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. Do it. And then, Jared. Sure. Um, my my one that I want to shout out that I just was planning on shouting out earlier was Midnight in Paris. Mm, um, didn't get a chance really to bring it up before because I, I forgot. Yeah, but that one's Midnight in Paris is it's just so sweet and it really is like if if there's any movie that's just kind of a romantic comedy, you know, mm. but but like you don't even think of it that way a little bit. You think of it more as like, oh, it's this movie about this guy who kind of like accidentally slips back in time and is now like hanging out with these, you know, famous writers and painters and stuff. But really like you take away just like that context and it's just a romantic comedy, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
it's it's great. I love that movie. It makes me laugh so hard and also makes me emotional every time. It's dang good. Dang good and I like it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it as well. I think it's great. Yeah, I I brought a question. I Let's know. hear. This one can be pretty quick. Um, okay. And that is just, like we were saying, a lot of what makes these movies great is the on-camera chemistry between the two lead actors, mm. right? Mm. Yep. Uh, and so I was wondering if you two have a favorite, I guess, combination or um, just movie where the chemistry is really what's spectacular, right? Yeah. I Let me go or first. If, if oh, they announced another movie and it's like, hey, these two are the two leads, you're like, I'm in. Yeah. Let's do that. I'm going to go first just because I want to make sure that I get my answer out there. Um, I think it's pretty obvious, but Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez just yes, absolutely. Every, <laughs> every time they're on screen together, they look 20 years younger. They, look they 20... can still do the moves. <laughs> he can still oh, pick her up, and it's not awkward can... at all. <laughs> it's not awkward. They're not old. It doesn't look weird to watch older people. It doesn't look weird. Jiggy it doesn't in, look like your parents fast X. <laughs> I, I think that was the best example of their... <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't remind me of that or make me have to think about that at all. But, gosh, that, I, I would say Fast X really is the one that showcases their love the most because they have to get torn apart early on in the movie. And so the whole time you're just yearning for them to get back together and share screen because yeah. you just love mm. seeing them together so much. So much so that when she, spoilers for Fast 4, kind of when she quote unquote dies <laughs> you can't wait for her to come back in Fast 7 when she does come back in Furious 7 you're just like oh finally these years oh, of six. longing yeah is it sick I thought it was teased at the end of 6 or is yeah, it teased no, at the end of 5 it's, it's sick that's the plot of 6 oh yeah because that's the tank one yeah. with Luke Evans yeah yeah, yeah of course so then it hurts so bad in 8 when he when Dom <clears throat> oh, has to course. kind of fight against everybody and so it's mm-hmm. kind yeah. of like that betrayal element is really tough on them, but then, like, the, yeah, it's, it's just great. The great performances. But, like, seeing in 10, when really, you know, they, they finally have a life established together. They've got, yeah. they're raising a kid together, man. It's so. It just love triumphs. Love triumphs. I'm, I'm, I'm scared for part two. I Fast hope X, they all survived. Two. I'm really scared about them maybe not ever getting back together. Yeah, it could be, it could be rough. Oh. Um, um, I want to I want to go in and snake my answer real quick. Yeah, this yours. is a power do duo, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> power duo that has done so many movies. I already brought them up, but Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, nice. Yeah. They just they, like it was one of those things where one movie happened and all of the studios were like, "All right, well, there's the chemistry we're looking for," and they made like a bunch of other ones <laughs> and. I don't know if all of them are good. I know that you've got mail, and I think Sleepless in Seattle is is both yep, of them. That's both yeah. of them as well. Um, Joe versus the volcano is the other one. Yeah. Right. I don't right. know what that is. Yeah, you yeah. guys know that one. <laughs> Probably. But, <laughs> that's just another one yeah, with the duo. I don't, I don't know that one, but they are total power duo. And I, I really just like... Man, it, like Tom Hanks is older now, and he's not in the romantic comedy world anymore. He's in like the feel good world, yeah. I guess now. But um, wow, young young Tom Hanks was just great at the at the rom com thing, <laughs> and so mainly him. I I need to watch those movies again because he's what I remember because I watched them as a little kid, and I was like, I'm only gonna pay attention to the cool guy that I want to be. But I got to go back and watch Meg Ryan and, and get a feel for her, you know, vibes again. But I just, they're great. He's, I think I she him. will always be the queen of romantic comedies. Yeah. Right? yeah She's just no so iconic. And, like, if you look at her IMDb or, like, Letterboxd, whatever her most viewed, highest rated popular films, they're all rom-coms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hanks is, like, first big movie, big is kind of a little bit of a rom-com too. I mean, it's totally a rom-com actually. But again, with a little bit of that more science fiction-y type plot, but he's like trying to get the girl. Um, With regards to your question, Jared, I think these two don't always appear in rom-coms together, but when they do appear, Mm -hmm. their chemistry is 
dynamite, baby. And that is Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. I uh, <laughs> they do have great on, on screen, screen chemistry. Yeah. Those two have been in eleven movies together so far, and I just recently rewatched Zoolander one, which I love. I electric, think, I love I, and they yeah. do great. That, They're that so good together because they do have a little bit of that tension at first, and that worked great. But then once they get together and they start teaming up and doing all that stuff, it's so funny. There's some genuinely just hilarious stuff they do in that. And their their characters in that are so dumb, and it just works so well for that movie. And all the other ones, like, I've seen them in as well have worked great, too, and I just want to watch them in more. So, like, in, they're both in uh, Royal Tenenbaums together as well. They don't have as much screen time in that, but that's, like, a great movie that they're in together. And I want to watch stuff like Starsky and Hutch, where they're the, both the main characters. Dude, that movie. Have you not seen Starsky and I Hutch? I haven't, no. It's oh, uh, Todd Phillips, though, director so of Joker 2019. Funny. So I, I do want to watch that. it. It's got to be good. Yeah, it's, it's got to be good. Joker that is one that is on my list. And so, yeah, I think those two work great. Um, yeah, Jared, what about you? Yeah, I'll say I think my favorite chemistry between two actors in any rom-com has been in The Proposal, Sandra mm. Bullock. And, that was a surprising uh, Ryan good. Reynolds. Yeah, they worked great. That's a they, good answer. And and maybe it's I mean they're both just hilarious and charismatic on their own. And so watching them play off of each other, it works super well. And I've really never wanted a relationship to work out as much as that one in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and so that's probably my number one. But also I guess you know we love to see Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Of course, together. yeah, that's right. I mean, they're just you they're know, great. They're just Everything, cute. yeah, they're I cute. love them, and they're funny, and they're they're fun. I would love to see so, another movie with them together. Yeah, as the as romantic leads. Um, one last shout out with Tom Hanks, um, Robin Wright. I think works really well in Forrest Gump. That's not as much of a it has comedic comedic elements, but she's also the co star in Princess Bride with Carrie Elwise, and I think she does great mm. in both of those. Yeah. Um, Princess Bride is and Princess another Bride is another great, 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 great oh, yeah. again kind of subverting the genre a little bit, but making it really engaging and interesting and good as a result. Yeah, yeah. love it. Cool. Well, I, I I'm good on. I mean, did anyone have any other questions or things they want to talk no. about? I thought this was very fun. I'm glad that we ran yeah. so long because I didn't come up with a question. And before the episode when we talked about questions, I just didn't say anything and nobody said anything about it. Well, I figured so, you would just pull one out. Yeah, and it worked. I think it, I think it worked yeah. out. I, I'm I just think glad we, that we, we didn't need we, to. <laughs> we filled the hour. I think the questions that I had and Jared had. All yeah. worked great. Um, I want to I want to shout out a YouTube video really quick that is kind of interesting on the same topic. Um, a guy that I like on YouTube is named Scott Kramer. He has a video. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's basically who is the best rom com boy, and he goes through <laughs> all of like the men in different rom com movies, and he kind of stats out their strengths and weaknesses, what makes them appealing, what kind of makes them off-putting. And he lands at the end of his video on the perfect rom-com boy, meaning just the most evenly balanced, is Mark Ruffalo. Because he he has kind of the dweeby feeling to him. He's attractive enough, but he isn't, like, so hot that he couldn't exist in the real world. (laughs) He just kind of seems like a normal guy in in his rom-com you know era at least and so he just kind of goes through and and talks about all of these different guys and i I, it's it's very funny and that's fun worth watching so well i i think a lot of times these episodes turn into us let's list as many (laughs) rom-coms that we know who can list the most who who wins because yeah there's plenty of good movies out there who has even talked about some stinkers (laughs) who's seen the most (laughs) who's seen the most relevant movies for the episode yeah yeah joe versus the volcano uh right guys that was a big one that was a big flex I also uh, looked it up. There's only three. Those are the three. And Jared hmm. knew the, the missing puzzle three, piece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Happy to be there, boys. But <laughs> take this as, you know, if you want uh, some recommendations. We just talked about a ton. You can mm-hmm. start marathoning them like Lucas has been. Yep. And it's fun. If you don't like rom-coms, there's a list of ones to stay away from. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you can those are the up. most rom com of all. <laughs> yep. 
Great. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I think this was a little bit of a different topic for us, but I thought it was fun. And I'm glad we remembered oh, that chick A little bit of a, little a different bit, topic for us. <laughs> we we remembered that it has happened. It was different enough. I feel like this was different enough content that it'll be... And that was so long yeah. ago, it's nice. Probably. To Let's listen back to the yeah. thing. I guarantee you that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan come up. Probably. Sure. Probably. <laughs> From me, because I'm a La La Land with... surely comes <laughs> up. Uh, yep. Oh, yeah. no doubt. La La no Land definitely comes up. But well, I, that was like, what, two years ago? Is that what you said? Yeah, Over two was, years yeah, ago? It was, tw- okay. it was, yeah. We're so, different men we're now. We're totally we're different. different. We, I, I would still not even call myself a man. I'm just a little boy. But we're different, <laughs> we're different boys. We're different boys. We're the orange boys. We're different orange boys in that we're two years older, but I don't know if we're two years wiser or more mature. But we have two years seen stronger. more... Uh, romantic comedies since then. Yes, And true. that's why we were able to do this episode. And we appreciate your yeah. listening. Please give us a follow on Instagram. If you've got the time, we post infrequently there. But whenever there's a new episode, you'll get the notification there. And if you want to support the podcast, we do have a Patreon now, which does have content. We are planning on doing one per week, just like we do regularly with our episodes. We'll do a bonus episode every week as well. But you're not missing out on our regularly scheduled episodes if you don't. But we would support it. And if you love the podcast as much as we love making it, we would appreciate you subscribing. You can do that on Patreon for $3 or on Spotify for $3 a month. So if you've got a few bucks you can spare, we would love it. We're just going to use it to help promote the podcast and build it from there. And with that, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on another Man Cave Movie Night Monday. Mwah. Goodbye and bazinga. Hello, everyone. Our shout-outs from Frick. No. And no. just say, just say, I'm, I'm and also. No, 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 no. I got it. Just okay. give me a sec. When you subscribe to our Patreon, that means that you are also giving a shout-out to my mother, Kel. Our shout-outs right now are simply coming from myself and Hannah Steed. So, from Hannah Steed and from Niall Thorley, shout-out to Kel. And if she subscribes, you get to shout her out too every week. We'll shout you out and we'll shout her out. So thank you again. And we'll see you next week. And one other final quick shout out to our good friend who just subscribed, Ian Martin, also known as Ian Themerton.